It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It's a special Tuesday night edition of the Ron and Brian podcast, episode 268. Um, joined as always by my friend Brian. Brian, you look you look different this week. You look more mature. You look um like a man who has equity. You look like a property owner, Brian. There's no other way to put it. Yes, yes. I look like a property owner who is currently been banished to the second floor where my laptop is currently resting on a large wardrobe size Home Depot box. Um, my laptop over here is sitting on two large Home Depot boxes, which are empty. Um, I have uh, maybe, I would say I have about maybe three square feet to operate in for this episode. But I'm going to tell you something. The lighting up here is wonderful. The acoustics, um, this is what I'm paying for. You know, when I said, you know, to my homeowners association, what am I getting? Per month. What am I getting? What is the value? Like acoustics, you know, uh, New York City apartments, subways, um, you know, you just got so much, so much uh, environmental noise, uh, police cars, ambulances, um, crazy people, homeless. I mean, there's you know, it, just the sound of urine splashing across refrigerated the trucks. I mean, exactly. all those noises that you get when you live in one of the five boroughs. You get it, Ron. You get it. So um, so now I have elevated from the New York City apartment life, and I just feel more sophisticated. And where, where are you located? What, what state do you now reside in? I'm in the great state of New Jersey. Mm. Disappointing many people out there. Um, after you said repeatedly you would never move to New Jersey, I uh, have had many unkind things to say about New Jersey. And yet now okay. uh, you are a, a New Jersey resident. Defend yourself. Don't. Well, first off, um, uh, is the entire story um, of my life disappointing uh, those around me, those immediately close? That is the story. It's, it is. Yeah. Um, be perfect. Uh, second of all, um, if, uh, if people, you know, if, if, if the loving fans of this show are going to think that my official residence being located within the state of New Jersey is going to have any impact on me trashing the entire state. Um, I mean, the smell of industrial waste, as soon as I was getting off the ferry here in Weehawken, um, uh, just, you know, yeah, that's right. Oh, did I mention that I took a ferry um, to get to work today? Uh, a, I, I took a boat, Ron. Oh. Um, no more subways. No more subways no. for me. I don't go no. underground. No. You know, if, if, if I'm not um, uh, at least 30, uh, 30 feet above sea level, I'm not going to work. You know, this is, this is the lap of luxury. This is the way it is. Also, I did check with the local uh, town registrar. And he did confirm to me that Bill Cosby does not own any property anywhere near me. So I feel quite comfortable that I made a good decision purchasing in this area. Nice. All right. Well, we'll get uh, we'll get into your new locale a little bit more later on, I am sure. Uh, but in the meantime, let's kick things off here like we always do with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. <laughs> 
zdrowie. Brian, hopefully you unpacked your beer fridge in enough time to bring something for drink of the week. What is it? Oh, Ron, when I reached out and announced that I was living in the great state of New Jersey, the amount of local breweries that just showered me with amazing options, the fine folks over at Asbury Brewing said, listen, Brian, we want you to be, um, you know, our, uh, our podcaster of the week. You are the champ. Therefore, we want you to know that we are Asbury Park Brewing. You know, Jer- you know, Ron, Jersey Strong, featuring some of the finest hops and malts from such faraway, lovely, idyllic places such as Irvington, Camden, and Patterson. You are looking at Asbury Park Brewery Blonde. It's a European pale ale lager. Uh, comes in at 4.9 ABV with a score from Beer Advocate of a very pleasant 81. Um, it's a light-bodied European-style lager featuring Czech and German hops, all joking aside, which um, create a delicate high note resulting from the lagering process. This, once again, is Asbury Park Brewery's Blonde Lager. Mm, take a sip. Uh, that's a new brewery to the podcast. I'd be curious to hear what you think of their lager. Hmm. A little a bitter. A quizzical look on your face. It's a little bitter. I, I, um, uh, there's, a, uh, there's definitely a bitter finish that I normally would uh, uh, not uh, go back for. Um, however, it is, um, it's delightful, and I, I purchased four, and I will all be right. drinking all four. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, so a, a staple around uh, this part, as you know, is uh, based out of King of Prussia Workhouse Brewing Company, bringing another one of their beers to the table. This is their par punch juicy ale, I guess, intended for when you play golf. You can the can is actually designed like a golf ball. It's actually even uh, you can actually feel the uh, little divots on the can. Brian, this is what they call a juicy ale. It's a tropical punch aromas mixed with a blend of citrus juices, mango, and pineapple. The fruit juice nose is backed by a smooth body composed of pilsner and wheat malts, resulting in a juicy, sweet flavor without being cloying. They refer to this as juicy, tropical, and our favorite word, crushable. There it is, clocking in at 5%. Ooh. Not bad. I, I don't know that not it's bad. Uh, citrus. It's citrusy. I'll give them that. Well, it's uh, no, not really citrusy. It's more crisp than anything else. I would say it's crushable. But aren't you supposed to be getting quite a bit of a of a fruity flavor? Uh, I mean, it said I should get. Uh, well, I guess it just uh, says the tropical punch aromas. But uh, you should get yeah some uh, some citrus, mango, pineapple. Uh, not quite feeling that. Wasn't tropical punch a drink when we were kids? Uh, I mean, Hawaiian what am I, punch. What am I thinking? Drink. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Hawaiian punch. That was actually considered an acceptable beverage to provide to your children back when. I mean, it was just sickeningly sweet. I, yeah, I can't I, even I imagine would, what it I'd, is. I'd be curious, like, how does Hawaiian punch sugar level match up to, like, soda? You know, the stuff that we were told sure. not to drink. Uh, we'll, sure. we'll have Matt work. Matt, can you? Yeah, Matt. 
pull the pull those numbers up. So Matt will get back to that. Uh, get back to us on that. In the meantime, Brian, yeah, hold on, hold on. Before you uh, jump ahead, I do want to yeah. just remind you something. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't give you the amount of credit that you deserve. Um, the fact that you and your wife, Mrs. Ron, opened up your doors to Matt, um, Matt Beaker, uh, super, uh, super duper um, producer of this podcast. The fact that you opened up your doors to him allowed him to move on to the third floor of your house um, after he got kicked out of the halfway house. Um, it just speaks volumes to, to the character. You know, uh, one of the things I remember last time I was down there, uh, Mrs. Ron, um, she looked at me and she said, listen, you know, you can never give somebody too many second chances. And I just sat there and I realized that she is an angel amongst the devils on this planet. And speaking of the devils, New Jersey devils, let's get that cup this year. Um, <laughs> all joking aside. But uh, Mrs. Ron, wonderful angel. Uh, look yes. forward to seeing her. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's keep it moving with Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Oh, Ron. You know, you would think that a week where I I moved my significant other from one state to another, a week where I had to notify a uh, state um, agency that I, I I that my address was now in no longer in New York where I have lived for over 20 years, but now I'm in New Jersey. Um, you would think that something along those lines would be the biggest outrage that I had, but One it is not. It is not. You would think that I am living out of boxes. That would be a frustration. Nope. Not the biggest issue I have. The fact this morning I um, struggled to find my deodorant. Um, that's, I did find it. Uh, well, for Janelle accuses me of it. Um, did find my idea. But the, the biggest issue I had is with fansidea.com. Oh, is that? The, oh, that's where we got. Uh, that's where I got this delightful uh, Ron and yeah. Brian hockey jersey uh, with my yep. name and yep. number on the back. If we need a reminder. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. What's the I love that company. I don't know what, what you love. You love fans idea. Okay. So you see, I reached out to fans idea right afterwards and I said, Hey, listen, you know, my podcast partner, my life mate, um, he was so happy with the hockey jersey that you guys were able to provide him. Um, I would like one as well, but with my name on it. So yeah, I said to them, sense. hey, I said, hey, where is my Ron and Brian oh. hockey jersey? Looks good. Like the logo. Ron, I sent you a couple of pictures um, yeah. earlier. Do you have them lined up to uh, show? Um, I can hold on a moment. I did you think I sent them to you for uh, shits and giggles? I mean, sometimes I think that. Okay, so while you're pulling them up, I'm going to walk through this story. So you know, they were very excited when I reached out. They were like, "Wait a second, you're Brian?" I said, "Yes." They said, "You are the champion of the podcast." I said, "Obviously, my uh, you know my reputation precedes me." They seemed so excited. They were like, listen, you know, we have the red and a black hockey jersey um, that we provided Ron. It was such a, um, 
you know, stellar uh, reception when he um, featured it on the show that suddenly I said, you know what? Yes, I want you to treat me just as well, if not better, as you treated Ron. And I noticed um, that when I opened up the package, when it came uh, in the mail, first off, no red stripe. It is. There's no, the this stripe. Is, this I, will, is, I will give you that much. I do have a red stripe on the side, which I assume you have. Uh, on the sleeve, yes. In fact, okay, here's so a, we got the same. Good, yeah, I, I don't see what the, what the issue is. I mean, that looks uh, that looks. You look pretty good there. You look uh, you look triumphant just, right there. It's a nice size um, hockey jersey, uh, Ron. Uh, turn. What happens when I turn around, Ron? What's on the back uh, of that jersey? Oh, you want the back one shown? I'm sorry. I yeah. thought you just wanted yeah, yeah. the front one. Yeah, shown. this is my beef. This is my beef. All right, there you go. I mean, it looks good. Very fitting. You got a much better fitting version than I did. Mine still needs to be altered a little bit. That's the only thing you uh, see in that photo? Pretty much. Is there something uh, I'm missing? Um, this is, by, by the way, for the people who are watching this on audio, uh, they're really they're really getting the most out of this bit. Um, Ron, what's the number on the back of my jersey? What's the uh, number? 49, a, a very seemingly random number to have on the back of your jersey. What's the what's the number on the back of your jersey? Oh, I have I have fifty one. Again, just a very random number choice. Why did I not get fifty one for the champion? Why you know, am I getting forty nine? Really, you have to really take that up with uh, with fans' idea. I you know I, I I may hold some stock in the company, but I don't really know a lot of the uh, the intricacies about what goes on inside of it. Are they part of the? Um, RBP LLC Merch Incorporated um, stock fund. Um, they, they, you know, there may be some connections there between RBP Merch LLC and and this company. Mm. It still looks good. Look how slim, very, very slim and trim it looks on you. Yeah, my issue is the fact that it says forty nine percent. Well, like I said, when I got my fifty one percent, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And I think maybe deep down inside. You are buckling under the pressure of being champion. Listen, Ron, when I uh, when I became champion in February of 2023, I knew um, that a uh, a new dawn had arrived, and I knew that I could not stay a resident of Queens, New York. I knew that I could not continue to do this thing that people call renting. I needed to own. I needed my name on a deed. I needed my name on a mortgage. I needed. I needed the banking industry to understand just, you know, what kind of uh, power um, that I'm bringing to the table. Speaking of which, I, I don't know if I should be saying this, but my mortgage company never verified my employment. I mean, that's on them. That fun today. On them. I have a job, so I, I, I didn't lie whatsoever. Now, I told did you, speaking of being champion, did you unpack the title belt? It is in a box somewhere. Wow. Not important enough to unpack for this episode. Ron, there were over 70 boxes that came over from the west side of Manhattan. Uh, and um, we have gotten through just over a third of them. It has not been identified yet. I have said to the lady that if the um, championship belt was thrown out, as she claimed she was going to do, for the better part of the past year, um, I will be throwing her out the window. I mean, I would think the box would have very clearly written on it, title belt. 
I told her, um, put that in a box all by itself, wrap it in nothing, just fill right. the box with bubble wrap. Listen, if that's, if that's the kind of champion you want to be for the people. I know. I even even I'm admitting right now that I've uh, that I've disappointed them. I've disappointed my 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 loyal um, uh, subjects. It'll be mark my words. Next week when we do an, our next episode, it will be here. Okay, that's good to hear. I think she threw it. Oh boy, Ron. Yes, I was waiting for you to ask something. What's bothering you? Um, so my beef this week, Brian, and, and I, and let me preface this by saying that I, I bring this beef to the table, not because I'm looking for sympathy, not because I'm looking for empathy. I, sure. uh, I expect derision and mocking, uh, because yes, this is one of the most first world problems that I've brought to the table as my beef of the week. Uh, but sure. Brian, I, uh, I, I purchased a, a beverage fridge. Uh, for our our wet bar because when we redid our kitchen a few years back we put a wine fridge uh, into the wet bar and a wine fridge is really only good if you drink a lot of wine come to find over the years we don't need like 40 bottles of wine chilling at any given time Mm -hmm. and a wine fridge does not get as cold as a as a um, regular refrigerator it does not so you can't even convert it so I, uh, I found, so my beef is with a company called New Air. Um, they were selling uh, refurbished uh, beverage fridges on eBay, which I said, all right. I'm like, I can take a refurbished one because it's like a third of the cost. Um, and you can return mm-hmm. it if it's, if it's not what you want. So, and they said there may be some, you know, wear and tear on the sides, but cosmetically it looks good. Like, and that's the key. I said, all right, cosmetically, because it sits inside a cabinet, just the front has to look good. Sure. So I order it. Uh, it comes in a few days. I bring it out of the box and there is visible denting on the door and like the front grill. So, so the stuff that is fa- outward facing. Exactly. The stuff that you're just going to see consistently. Yeah. So, you know, I messaged them via eBay and I, I took some pictures and I'm like, hey, I'm like, this arrived. It's got some damage to it. You know, uh, what can we do here? And so they write back and they're like, well, we can send you a replacement door, but they're out of stock. But we'd like to offer you 15% off your order. And I'm like, I don't necessarily need 15% off my order. I can wait for a door. How long would the door take? And can I get that front grill too? So I write that back. And then um, I get an email back. Sorry for the inconvenience. Can you send us pictures of what your issue is? So I write back. I sent you pictures and you responded already. I'm just looking for the answers to these questions. And I send it back. Then I get a message back, literally just the letter V. I'm like, what? (laughs) So I write back. This is awesome. I write back and I say, should there have been more to that response? And then like a day goes by and I don't hear anything. So then they write back again. Sorry to hear about your inconvenience. Can you send us photos of the issues you're having? Just generic response, auto reply. I say, fine, here are the issues. Here's the photos again. I'm like, can we, you know, can, are you able to resolve this or should I just return this to you? Sure, sure. So they write me back. They're like, well, tell you what, um, we can give you a refund. All you'll need to do is just cut the power cord off of it. And then send us a photo of, you know, said cut power cord, and then we'll refund you the money. 
And I write back and I'm like, I don't, not, then I have to deal with like paying to dispose of this hundred pound sure. beverage for it. Like I just can't put it out in the trash. And what's to say you're not, you're going to get that. They're going to send you your money back. Right. Exactly. Cause that, so, that, then you've just paid full price for a dented. Um, well, you are going to get the 15% off. I'm assuming um, now then you just got a big paperweight, which is not the, the first paperweight that you've um, electronic paperweight in your kitchen. Um, we all remember very your true. sous vide machine. Also true. Yes. So I then go into my eBay listing and then I initiate a return. So in the meantime, I get a, a message back from customer service. We'll just take a photo of the uh, manufacturer sticker and serial number on the back and we'll send you a, self, a self-serve return label. Um, but then I get a message from somebody else about the return. They're like, hey, we can replace the front grill and give you 15% off your order if you want to keep it. So I ran back. And, well, now I'm confused. Like, Sure. If you can get me the door and the grill, I'll keep the damn thing. Like, but just sure. tell me which one, one way or the other. Um, so now I'm waiting for, for that response. And uh, Janelle's asking, did I read? I did read the seller reviews first, which overall the reviews were very positive. And the people that had issues said, oh, customer service was great. Um, this has not uh, been my experience. And again, it is a relatively minor thing is if that's the worst thing that happened uh <laughs> yes just the letter v if that's the worst thing that happened uh, in my week then I, I guess i'm okay all right so let me get this straight so your sous vide yeah. machine wrecked because somebody Done. um Done <laughs> somebody got rid of the did you go out and buy a new sous vide machine or no i don't because i did have i did have another sous vide machine this one was just more convenient to use. So now, so do you have, so can you show us a photo of the damage? Because you said earlier you did take photos. Um, hold on a second. You know, if come you on. Know, well, you, you gotta, you gotta give me some heads up here. Let me see. Here. Oh, no, this one, this one's not your fault. I gave you no, um, advanced warning, but I was just wondering if you do have photos, I think this will be a, a true test. Um, just to see how what how much of a petty um, uh, consumer you are, I will say this, Ron. The idea of going on eBay and buying from a company I've never heard of—I don't know that I would have necessarily taken a shot on a refurbished machine from a um, uh, a web store on eBay. Well, it's I, I've heard of the company before. Like that's not the situation. Like. They, they they sell these units so uh, see now it's not have you all, have you purchased have you purchased anything by them before uh i have not but i'm familiar with with the brand i can't pull these pictures up easily i'll show don't worry about it Ron. Just, you'll just you know what to, to do put it on put it on put it on our social media put it on the instagram let's okay. see if um uh what the people think um ron have you been using threads this week uh, I have not. You know, I think the initial buzz of threads seems to have worn off. Yes, I already read that they it's lost like two, like uh, about a third of the uh, number of people that initially signed. Um, I'm trying to get rid of Twitter. I think I'm trying to uh, unload the Twitter app. Don't you mean Excuse X? me. X. X going to give it to you. He going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. I was, I was give it to an article the other day, apparently when when Elon Musk was CEO of PayPal, he tried mm -hmm. to rename PayPal, PayPal X as well. And oh yeah, no, no, he, he's had a thing for that name. Yeah, yeah. 
he wants to name something X. He named uh, his kid Diana's X, no? Brian looks like he's in an interrogation room. That is true. Like, if we, if we brought the light down a little closer to you, um, we so, could play a little see, good cop, bad cop. I feel like I'm giving off 1980s Beirut um, a Jewish uh, hostage vibe. It like, feels like I you feel be like holding up like a Wall Street Journal with today's date in front of your face. That's the energy I'm going for. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right, Brian, should we get into our stories of the week? We always pick a couple stories that we want to make sure uh, we don't uh, forget to cover. So let's not uh, let's not make any uh, wasted time. Let's get to them. Brian, what sure. is your story of the week this week? Ron, you know me. You know I love the animals. I'm all about animals. I'm all about animals living their best life. Ron, are you familiar with Hugh the Manatee? Um, I I was not until you uh, until you shared uh, this story, but I believe we have a picture of Hugh. Can you please put up there a photo of Hugh? Humanity, get it? Humanity. Oh, oh look, look at him! He is so adorable. Everybody loves manatees. Everybody loves manatees. They are so stupid looking. That whole this this is just nothing but styrofoam. You can just mush it. It's like cotton candy. All right. So humanity. He is. Excuse me. This is what we call foreshadowing the business. He was. Humanity was. Uh, in the uh, a, a Florida aquarium down in Sarasota. It's the Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium. I'm sure that loyal um, friend of the show, Johanna, has been to the Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium in Sarasota, Florida. She probably has um, helped treat Hugh the Manatee. Um, he died this past April at the age oh. of 38. It's kind of young for me, uh, I believe. Why Why did he pass away so so young? Thanks for asking, Ron. I, I appreciate you. Um, you're going to get the assist on this one. Well, the Florida Aquarium is attributing his death to high-intensity sex with his brother. Yeesh. That's right. Um, the staff noticed that he was exhibiting a change in behavior in late April, and they began monitoring him closely. He then became unresponsive and ultimately was determined to have died when they performed a necrop, necro, necropsy, necros, nec, ooh, I am butchering this freaking keep, word. Keep trying. Necro, necro, necropsy. I'm saying nec, necropsy. How would you pronounce this? <laughs> I don't know. I li- I'm enjoying listening to you pronounce it. Anyway, continue, please. I'm all, I can't, I can't. I, I'm upset. Now I'm just hooked on it. N-E-C-R-O-P-S-Y. Necro, necropsy. Necro, necropsy. We're just going to go with necro, necropsy. So they performed a necropsy on Hugh um, uh, after he passed away, and it was revealed that he died from a 14 and a half centimeter rip in his colon that was caused by a sexual encounter with another male manatee, Buffett. Buffett Manatee, who is also his biological brother. A fecal sample collected from Hugh after the encounter confirmed the presence of fresh blood and officials noticed that the manatees had engaged in sexual behavior, which had continued throughout the day. Then at around 5.15 on April 29th, Buffett was seen penetrating Hugh. When he swam away, witnesses noticed Hugh was at the bottom of the pool and unresponsive. 
it was later confirmed that he had died. Um, so I think we should all have a moment of silence um, for Hugh, the manatee, um, who, uh, despite, you know, being in a supervised environment at the Sarasota Aquarium, um, it was um, he is going to be remembered for the first time. Um, such heightened mating behavior was witnessed between two male manatees. He was a real Ron? one. He was. A real oh, one. yes. He was a real one. So um, here, listen. Silence. Sorry. Nah, I just got nervous. Love is love. Here, very necrop, necropsy, necropsy, necropsy. I had it right. Necropsy. Are you saying I had necropsy? I had it right the whole time. All right. Or did I? Did I not have it right the whole time? Doesn't seem that Ooh. way. Ron, what's your story yeah. of the week? Um, so my story of the week, uh, it's, it's, it's a common man, Brian, with, a, with an uncommon ailment. Uh, this is a Los Angeles uh, truck driver uh, identified only as Tank. Uh, he is speaking out uh, about his unusual sex life because, Brian, he suffers from diphthalia, uh, a genetic abnormality. Abnormality? Why are we? It's a genetic condition let's say, uh, in which a male is born with two penises. Um, and he's saying that several of his lovers enjoy the fact uh, that he has multiple penises. Um, he, this is apparently an incredibly rare condition, affects less than a thousand men across the U.S. Uh, in a recent interview, Tank revealed that he was sent to a juvenile detention center after being convicted of manslaughter at the age of 12 interesting start there uh he was a virgin until his release from custody at the age of 24 uh and then got out and uh started hooking up with women who initially did not believe him when they said he had uh two dicks but then he would eventually show them the case um it says quote when i was penetrating a woman i would get a feeling but one of my penises is like at the side and feels like it's gonna blow up he explains um, he said that some women enjoyed the feeling of both of his penises inside them at the same time, uh, including one lover who became hooked on the sensation. Oh, my God. Have you Googled, have, have you GIS'd diphthalia? <laughs> I have not. I don't know. All right, Ron. Um, I'm going to just do yourself a favor. Right. Go to j jump over to Google. Type in the word diphthalia, D-I-P-H-A-L-I-A. Scroll down a few times, and you will be horrified. <laughs> um, so, um, so he is saying that he's got two penises and that his female lovers have um, come to truly enjoy this. That's what, that's what he, woo. Well, now. Hey, now. Uh, but apparently he has since had surgery um, to uh, reduce himself to just uh, one penis. When, um, why would he have the surgery? Uh, apparently, you know, not every uh, woman was pleased. And apparently it was, uh, it was difficult to have sex with two penises. Really? But he seemed like he liked it. I guess it was good. For, it's one of those things that was good for a time. And then uh, right. you mature, you, you get older and you want different things, Brian. You know what? I um, would you have surgery right now to go to go from one to two? I don't think I would. 
I think I'm good with just the single. What about yourself? I'm happy where I'm at. William says he will not be looking that up. And I'm, I'm starting to think that Johanna did look it up. I mean, you know, do any of our uh, viewers or listeners out there have any experience with a man with two penises? Oh, Janelle said she nailed, nailed it. it. And she swam with them. Ooh, very wow. interesting. Very. very interesting. I always said right, that that Brian. woman has got some stories. Yes. Uh, Brian, we, uh, we lost some huge names over the past week. Um, yeah. First up, um, singing legend. I like to think of as a legend. Um, Sinead O'Connor um, leaving mm-hmm. us way too soon. Um, yes. I have not heard. Have, has there been a cause of death released? I mean, I think everyone kind of assumed it was suicide, but I don't know. Well, I think people any... are su- people are either assuming. Thank you. People are either assuming um, that it's suicide or a drug overdose. They are saying that they found the woman unresponsive in her home. That there is no um, concern about foul play. I mean, uh, her son had recently committed suicide. I think it was about eighteen months ago. About um, that, yes. And what people had, uh, um, you know, close family, uh, friends, and, uh, you know, those who had followed her on social media said that it had um, a- it just dramatically taken, you know, a, um, a negative impact on her life, um, almost to the point where she could not really um, uh, move on. And I know that sounds harsh when your child commits suicide, um, but it but, literally uh, became yeah. just something that just, you know, t- it just took over. It took over her thoughts. Well, and she, you know, she was someone who was very open with her struggles against depression and 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 with her mental illness, and I can't imagine sure. that 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 helped. Uh, great voice, um, yeah. You know, uh, one of the, you know, old people will remember from our era. You know, her ripping up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, sure. which she sure. was vilified for, which she said she did because yeah. of the cover up of sexual abuse in the church. And well, sure Lone enough, she was right. Yeah. Which is interesting because that is actually the second most um, uh, uh, devastating things to her career. The number one devastating career was that she ordered a um, uh, a beer refrigerator off of eBay, and it came with several dents on it. Um, I and people, you know, her, you know, close her close friends said she never could get over that. When you uh, when you when you reach a certain level of celebrity, I guess you expect uh, something better. Sure. Well, well, she did buy it refurbished, so she should have known what she was getting. Now, but yeah, also, um, when we were, uh, you know, uh, when she came out, what was that first album that she had? Uh, um, everything uh, compares to everybody, or something. That person who closed. Nothing um, compares to you. That was the song. What was the name of the album? I mean, like she literally became just the face of popular music. I, you know, the thing was, um, and I, at least for America. You know, this was, you know, MTV at its peak in terms of uh, uh, power in the music industry where it, you know, um, appearance had become everything. You know, you look at some of the musicians that had, uh, you know, become famous in the 60s, 70s. I mean, really just ugly people. Um, um, And uh, uh, and and here she was when, you know, the the visual had literally hit a point where it was defining whether you were going to be. Um, you know, an artist or not um, that would be embraced by the music industry. And here she came, um, uh, shaved her head, literally just absolutely said, I will not be playing by your rules. 
I will not be held to your um, uh, uh, standards. I want to be known for my voice and the music that I make. Um, amazing, beautiful voice. Um, yes. Even when I trashed, I trashed her music at the time because I was a juvenile kid. Um, but, you know, you, you hear the music now. I listened to uh, Spotify, whatever her uh, best of album is that they had on earlier this week. And it's just, just, one, just one beautiful um, sounding song after another. Um, and to think that she had, um, she pretty much was like the, you know, the most popular female artist at the time. And then decided that, um, you know, she was going to use her, um, uh, her popularity um, and the eyeballs that were on her to speak about social ills, which um, is not something that, uh, you know, corporate MTV wanted to deal with. Not something that uh, the music industry wants, you know, they don't want to hear horror stories. Right. Um, and her career. 90s. No, not at all. They, all they wanted was somebody to go on TRL and promote their next song, um, you know, before uh, Carson Daly came out. Um, and uh, that was not her. She was uh, at no nonsense. Um, she was all about the message, not the appearance. Um, and uh, you know what? Hopefully she's not in pain anymore. And then uh, also uh, passing away that we found out yesterday, Paul Rubens, uh, best known uh, for his character Pee Wee Herman, passing away after a, uh, a private six-month battle with cancer at the age of 70. Um, this one, this one stung. Like I was, sure. I was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan, uh, you know, back when Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out. Um, you know, Pee Wee Herman show. I mean, you look at you look at the lineup of 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 of, of future stars that was on the Pee Wee Herman show, from Lawrence Fishburne to Phil Hartman. You know, just mm -hmm. uh, among others, um, just a great show, great movie, and the the tributes that are coming out. Like, apparently, he was also, from what it seems like, one of the nicest people on the planet. Like sure, everyone, sure. just everyone from celebrities to regular people um are, are talking about you know what what a kind uh caring individual he was uh off camera, I was reading, off camera. Uh, that's that's yeah. the stuff that, that it was the fact that he's he was doing this off camera you know right. he, he, you see so many hollywood celebrities where you know no matter anytime they're they partake in any type of good gesture there's the paparazzi right there um you know and all the things you know his you know his um help with getting other people careers showing up to the set of other shows just to provide um, support, you know, for other people that were filming, making films or whatnot. Um, you're not hearing um, many negative stories about him right now. No, I was reading a story uh, that someone was tweeting about uh, how years ago they were in a custody battle over his daughter with his, his future ex-wife. And he wrote a letter to Paul Rubens explaining about, you know, how he and his daughter would spend their time together watching the Pee Wee Herman show because they both liked it and he didn't know if he would ever get custody. And he ends up winning custody and and Paul Rubens actually called him or found his phone number, called him and had he and his daughter come to the, the set of the show and mm -hmm. um, hang out and whatnot. And just apparent, but he did like that all the time. And, you know, he had controversy back in, was this the early 2000s or, or late 90s when he was uh, arrested for indecent exposure at a movie theater? I think it was the late 90s because I think it was around the Clinton time when the um, uh, Republicans were really just kind of out of control. Yeah. So he was, uh, you know, he, 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 he whipped it out of the movie theater, got arrested for it. But it's, it's so funny to, to think about that because 30 years from now, 
I mean, that would it, that would be pretty status quo for a lot of people these days. Sure, sure. But I think, um, you know, it's it's still what the, the part about that case that I didn't really make sense to me was, um, you know, here, Janelle just said that was 1991. Um, there were adult stores that you could go visit to purchase pornography right. there. You know, um, at least in New York, they really had um, uh, they had already run out most of the um, adult movie theaters in Times Square. So just the idea that um, he felt that uh, it would have been a good idea for him to drive to a um, adult movie theater and sit in one of the rows to, uh, you know, relieve himself. Um, just I found that very bewildering that he would yeah. risk his career to go. It's one thing if, you know, you, you know, you want to, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's hard you, here. I, listen, you know what? I, I'm going to stop what I'm saying right now. Um, Kevin Spacey's out there getting um, underage kids drunk and um, molesting right. them. So right. I'm sitting here telling Pee Wee that he shouldn't have gone into an adult movie theater. That's bullshit. Um, I take back every, my, my entire last line of uh, conversation. He should do whatever I mean, I, he wants. I don't know that there's this, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the concept of a victimless crime, but this, his was fairly close to that. Well, the, the police officer is the victim and if the police but, officer had to see him masturbating in public. You know, another, what was up another... also, what do you know? Hold on, before you move on, what yeah. was the, um, he was charged with possession of child porn at one point. Was he? I don't recall that. Yes. It was one of the stories that I looked up in, I think it was 2002. He in well, 2002 I wasn't, I wasn't about to move on. I was about to share another like very touching story that I read about about Paul Rubens is that apparently uh, someone had written to him about a dented uh, beverage fridge they had received off of eBay. And Paul Rubens not only purchased a replacement door and front grill, but but came to that person's house and replaced the door and grill for them. And if that really just doesn't speak volumes, is the kind of man he was. But uh, yeah. again, I, I, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, and sure. it's one of those. It, it, it's one of those. Uh, how did Rich Eisen refer to it on a show the other day? Uh, you have a you have a movie or a show that's a remote drop. Like if you come across it on sure. TV, you're going to drop the remote. You're going to watch it. And I would say Pee Wee's Big Adventure is one of those movies for me. Agree with that because well, think of it right off the bat. Right off the bat, anybody says Large Marge sent you. Right. Everybody gets the reference. Right. Um, you sit there and say uh, the, the, the basement of the Alamo. Anybody our <laughs> age is immediately going to understand the reference. Right. Um, you know, I know you are, but what am I? Like, just like, just right off, I mean, just the idea that this um, uh, seemingly innocent movie had played such a, um, uh, you know, a, a, an amazing. Um, permanent place in our memories. You know, you just sit there and say large Mars to anybody between the ages of 40 and 55, and they all know immediately um, who, what you're talking about. And really, when you talk about his, his years as Pee Wee Herman, I mean, that just kind of scratches the surface of his overall career because after, you know, after his legal troubles, he kind of stepped away from Pee Wee Herman and, you know, did a, a bunch of other, um, acting roles that he was always like he it was interesting because you would would have thought he would have been kind of typecast in that type role but sure. he did manage to I mean yes he he did tend to play the outcast or you know if he was a cool. bad guy kind of the creepy guy but he he was a he was a tremendous actor on top of it all 
but that was the thing was the fact that I mean I remember after the um uh after the uh the movie theater incident he really um he got uh blacklisted. Yeah. Um you you couldn't find him anywhere. And then um when uh, uh Johnny Depp's movie uh Blow came out and you're sitting there watching the story of George Young could be I believe I'm right on that one. Uh, Boston kid moves to California in the mid sixties and becomes one of the largest marijuana dealers on the West coast who then elevates him to um, bringing in uh, cocaine directly from Pablo Escobar. I mean, just one of my favorite movies, really just an incredible story, but you're, you know, an hour into the movie um, to thinking, talking about just what a great, you know, actor Johnny Depp is. Then out of nowhere, you see this actor who is playing a um, effeminate Hollywood hairdresser. And suddenly you realize that it's the guy who played Pee Wee, um, Pee Wee Herman. And by that point, I don't even know that I had the name Paul Rubens memorized in, um, in my brain. And it was just like, yeah. I literally was watching that movie with, I mean, he was in it for a couple scenes and I'm like, Dude looks familiar. I don't remember where I see him. I know that guy is that. And then out of nowhere, boom, you realize, holy shit, it's Pee Wee Herman in a dramatic role. And he is pulling it off. Yeah, Matt's saying Blow is one of his favorite movies, too. Shocker. Uh, good point from Billy. Uh, Buffy, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, was his first big comeback role, which I, I remember that. And again, he was he was funny in that, too. That was uh, before Christy Swanson went all MAGA on us. First off, I didn't even know she was MAGA. Christy Swanson went MAGA? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Also, you you watched the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of a cult classic at this point. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Listen, you live in New Jersey. What are you talking about? You live in fucking Philadelphia. <laughs> That's right. I don't. Oh, apparently not. You tell me I don't live in Philadelphia. You tell me I live. You live in the suburb. You live in the cushy Orthodox Jewish confines of of um, Northeast uh, Philadelphia suburbs. You I live. live a, you live in a town that wants to be New York so bad it's got New York in the name of the city. Ron, when I I sent you a video, did I not yesterday? You did, yes, a very bougie video. I played that for somebody. I played that for somebody in the office that I, and all they came up with was just like, "You're such an asshole." I made a video <laughs> for Ron and his wife yesterday of me walking out my front door in my building, um, leaving just a, a wonderful message of how much I, I how much I, um, I care about Ron and his wife, the affection that I have for them. And then at one point, literally a minute into the video, like not far, uh, a minute into it, I turn, do a 180, and you got, bam, the Manhattan skyline and the Hudson River right behind me. Um, right. It's okay to be a little jealous, Ron. All right. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll get through this. Um, sure. Now, this, uh, this next person did not die, but everybody had their fingers crossed. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh froze during uh during i guess uh, i don't know if it was a press conference or where it was a press yeah yeah he was giving a press conference i think it was uh somewhere in the uh uh, u.s uh, congress building um i'm not sure whether there were any um 
uh, January 6th uh, protesters that were uh, storming the room at the time. But it clearly was the same place where he um, has given many press conferences. Um, and um, he literally was just in the he was they, he was about to start speaking and um, his mouth didn't open. And he just right. um, his eyes fixated forward. If you notice, he didn't blink at all. Yeah. At no point was he blinking. Um, he I think up. a lot of, you know, obviously none of us are medical professionals, except um, I believe Johanna could be, is, is considered a medical professional. Um, oh, hold on a second. She goes, uh, Johanna says, oh, burn. I mean, Mitch McConnell is technically a turtle, so I think she could actually speak to his medical condition. Uh, but I think the theory right now is the fact that he had a stroke. That, that is what everyone is saying. I mean, he's 81 years old. Um, he, uh, he has had apparently a number of falls, both at home um, and at work. Um, he suffered a concussion earlier this year. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, at what point do you just say, and here's the thing, uh, Mitch McConnell has more, he and his wife have more money than you and I could spend in our current lifetimes. Um, sure. Just fucking retire and, and try to enjoy the, the rest of your miserable little life. It's um, it's what do you call it? It is um, it's about power. Oh, I know. No, I, I that part it's, I get. He needs. To, he's now so addicted to the power that he can't. Um, he's not going to give it up. It's just. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's all right. It's not the end of the world. Um, we, you know, we didn't even kind of touch on the uh, new new Trump indictment that came down earlier today. Is, is there anything to talk about? Is there anything truly to talk about? I mean, um, the uh, no matter how you want to look at it, um, it, you know, January 6th was um, two and a half years ago. The election was uh, approaching three years ago. Um, suddenly, all these charges are coming in. Um, why it's taken so long, um, you know, because you're, you're charging a man with crimes that took place during November, December of 2000, um, mind-boggling to me. And the worst part is the fact that um, because it's taken so long, you provided the right with a narrative that these charges are not genuine. These are trumped-up charges to interfere with the um, upcoming presidential election next year. I mean, had these charges come out in, 19, in, in 2021, okay, now we are... Um, you know, that now it's uh, it's clearly in response to his action near the time of the crime. Right. What took over two years to get your shit together to say, hey, a crime, we, we believe a crime was committed. Jur grand juries don't take this long. Um, well, I think so that's of one of the things that I'm frustrated about. Right. Part of it is spelled out in the indictment is, you know, one of the things that Trump is accused of is witness tampering, um, which hindered and, and also hindering the January 6th committee. So it is it is kind of included in the indictment why it took so long to be able to bring charges because of the criminal activity that took place to cover up the criminal activity. Sure. But again, um, to your point, we'll see. I mean, there's gonna, you know, there's thirty percent of this country that will defend him regardless, um, and eighty sure. percent of Republicans that say, you know, uh, these charges are political, regardless of. I mean, it was a, it's a forty-five page indictment that was released, and it was, mm -hmm. you know, it, it spells out in 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 detail um, the laws that were yep. broken and how so. But you're also believing every word that's in that indictment, whereas oh. 
the right is sitting there saying that these are all just are all made up lies, that there's no factual basis for any of the commentary. This is literally just um, there. They are. They have. I mean, it's the mastery of Trump. He is basically spinning ex um, uh, the charges against him and saying that the um, uh, you know, the, the behavior that he exhibited allegedly He's now basically saying that this is what the Biden administration is doing. This is what the prosecutor Jack Smith is doing. Jack Smith, deranged oh, Jack right, Smith, it. if you ask Trump. Yeah, so him, you know, him sitting there saying like, you know, they are using their administration and the poll um, to, uh, you know, to interfere with an election. That's exactly what they're saying he did. So it is, um, you know, it's hard to, under to, to, to be at a point now where you can sit there and say, I believe anything, which I right. think is is one of the things that he's, um, you know, uh, wanted to, you know, uh, 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 create in terms of environments. So Ali comments, I thought they didn't want to rush the investigation because they wanted to gather as much and clear evidence as possible that when they did indict, they didn't want holes. Uh, Ali, your problem here is you are, uh, you're coming at this uh, with a rational logic. Yeah, you can you, you, you can. What, what I would like what I would like for you to do is uh, and, and, and be careful because you can overdo it. Uh, go in, maybe uh, huff some spray paint, uh, some bleach, and then think about go over to Kensington. Yeah. Go, yeah. To Kensington. Go to Kensington, buy some trank, uh, buy some buy some trank, rub some cat tranquilizer on your gums, you know, and then really think about whether this indictment seems fair or not. The thing is, is that you are not going to um, convince one current Trump supporter that he's done anything wrong. And I've, ha I've, I've had conversations with Trump supporters. A lot of them feel 100% that these charges are completely baseless. And I have more respect for those people than the other group of Trump supporters who are openly admitting yeah, he may have committed some crimes, but I still want him to be president. I still back him. And there's nothing that a prosecutor can say or evidence that is put in front of me that is going to get me to change my mind. Right. That is the that is what we are um, in America up against. And it's not just Trump fans, but it is it is just this complete lack of critical thinking um, being done by the individual. It is like, it's this, it's this, it's this very tight knit group thing on both extremes where it is, no, there can only be this one perspective. Everything has to fit within this worldview. And if it doesn't, I will just flat out reject it as ignorance, lies, and hate it. Um, and that is where, you know, when you get into a court of law and you've got a jury of 12 people who are going to be determining um, an outcome of a trial, that's what scares the daylights out of me is that nobody's yeah. going to be sitting there saying, oh, there's no holes in this story. They're just going to sit there and say, everything is a hoax. Exactly, Janelle. Everything's a hoax. I don't believe it. This is lies. And nobody's going to uh, go into that trial with an open ear. Oh, no offense also. How the fuck are you trying to find 12 people who are going to be open-minded to a Donald right. Trump trial? Right. I mean, it's going to be a mix of people that are anti-Trump that are going to lie to get on the jury. And there's going to be people that are pro-Trump that lie to try and get sure. on the jury. Right? At which so, point you're going to end up with a hung jury. Right. 
So it, it's it's going to be interesting. To see I saw a movie once when I was in college. It was called Hung Jury. Um, it was the story of a Southern belle who went to the big city and yeah. was being tried. Yeah, she was being tried for a capital crime. I believe it was vehicular man- manslaughter. Um, and ironically, it was an all-male jury. It was 12 men on, you know, they're all the, all the jurors, um, which I thought was quite odd because there was a lot of co-mingling in the courtroom between the judge and the jurors, the prosecutor, all the lawyers, and the, the, um, the defendant in this, gonna, the main character. I'm going to cut you a short on the description of that movie there. I, th- I think I know which one you're talking about. We maybe can put a pin in that and discuss that later uh, because we don't want to run out of time before we get to our one of our most popular segments. Uh, but the drag queens are the problem. Brian, the problem. Uh, you know, we get, we get letters, we get uh, emails, we get so much. Uh, can't handle positive yeah. feedback about this segment and brian we have finally done it we have finally found uh, a story uh going back years showing uh how drag queens are a danger to uh the children of this country yep, yep, yep. oh no wait i'm sorry this is actually 83 year old former church pastor uh david zanstra uh, he was arrested uh, July 17th in Cobb County, Georgia, uh, where investigators say he confessed to killing eight-year-old Gretchen Harrington near, nearly five decades ago when he was a pastor in Marple Township, Pennsylvania. Uh, she apparently was walking to Bible camp uh, nearly 50 mm-hmm. years ago where uh, she was abducted, uh, apparently, potentially sexually assaulted, and then murdered. Uh, a true monster, a true monster. Yeah. And the drag queens, the drag queens are vilified for wanting to read books in the schools. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Keep, that's, I'm sure that's the only story of a, um, a white male in power who is um, charged with a crime against uh, 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 children that are, are clearly drag queens, right? Well, I don't know if you would call this a person in power, but this individual, uh, his uh, his name is Marty Wagner. He once uh, served as chair of the Alliance for a Pro-Life Alabama. It's a group that mobilized voters to support a fetal personhood ballot yeah. measure back in 2018. Um, he most mm-hmm. recently served as an official in the Alabama State Department of Education, which Shocked I was to learn that Alabama even had a Department of Education, uh, but he was fired last week after being indicted um, on child sexual abuse charges. He is accused of sexually abusing uh, a child under the age of 12, uh, an unnamed source familiar with the case said that the uh, the child victim in question is actually under 10 years of age piece of shit human being yes. oh, i hope they i hope he gets his, fr- his balls fried but somehow drag queens are the problem right. who want to come in sing a diana ross song um uh do a twirl and then read a book um so, uh, and somehow they're the problem so wagner was released from jail on sixty thousand dollars bond he now faces up to 20 years in prison as sexual abuse of a child under 12 is a class b felony in the state mm-hmm. of alabama Question, Ron. Um, you left out on both those stories. What is the um, right doing um, against uh, church pastors and 
um, Alabama Department of Education officials? What are they doing? Because um, clearly, you know, drag queens wanting to read a book caused the, the, the right to go out strong right, right. against drag queens. So clearly, I'm sure they're they're busy mobilizing right now against um, church pastors and um, Department of Education officials in Alabama. Can you can you go into a little bit more detail about what are the Republican efforts to put an end to those two groups? Um, so the 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 main effort seems to be behind um, investigating uh, Hunter Biden. What's the connection there? I'm not, I don't really understand. Absolutely none whatsoever. Sounds like the Republican Party still going strong. Good luck to them. Um, we really support them in all their gestures. Speaking of support, Ron, something very special is going to be taking place in less than 30 minutes. Can you guess what it is? I'm going to say it's probably our After Dark uh, exclusively for Patreon subscribers. Uh, if you subscribe at the bronze level or higher, that's $10 a month or more, uh, you get to join our live After Dark, which tonight is our monthly pajama party. That's mm -hmm. right. Our Patreon subscribers get to join us on air, and we will be having another enthralling edition of Can You Beat Brian? Uh, I've, I've got a... I've got a great trivia game lined up. No one, including Brian, knows the topic of tonight's game. And no. uh, if anyone can beat Brian, uh, $25 uh, will go to that person's charity of their choice. Ron, did we have a big announcement we were going to be making during the show? Or are we going to be making it during Patreon and then announcing during the week on the regular uh, social media? I think we announce it now because I think, you know, as the repercussions start to vibrate through uh, through social media, I think we'll probably need to uh, to address some of this with our Patreon subscribers uh, in sure. just 28 minutes. Do you want to make the announcement or would you like me to? As the champ, as the 51 percent owner of the podcast, I will be making this announcement. Please. And that announcement is we're recording this show live on the evening of Tuesday, August 1st. And there has um, there's been a lot of back and forth. There's been a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions behind the scenes. This will be the only episode of the Ron and Brian podcast that will be uh, recorded during the month of August 2023. That is correct. We have been doing this show uh, once a week, I would say over five years. Over five years um, now, yeah. without missing Without missing a week, we've had episodes where we did best of. We've done some episodes where um, one of us um, was uh, recording the show live. Um, I believe, Ron, you did one episode by yourself that was a solid 58. It's very you, solid. The type 58, I believe I did something closer to, I think I did a looser hour and 40. Um, but uh, because, listen, there, um, you know, I, I know. Short. I heard I heard from people that that hour 40 seemed like four hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, that was good. I, did, I didn't see that one coming. But yeah, we are going to be taking the month of, uh, of August off. Um, it has, uh, you know, um, a lot of people are going to be pointing to the fact that I've moved to New Jersey um, and say that Ron um, refuses to do a show until I return 
to the great state of New York. Some people are going to sit there and say that, um, you know, Ron was able to handle being 49% owner for um, six months and kind of hit a wall. And now he just can't summon up the energy to do the show if he's not going to be the champion. Um, I'm, I've, he I've heard some rumors online that there is a power struggle going on between you and I, that you there are some uh, machinations um, uh, having to do with some of the bylaws of our um, constitution for the RBP um, LLC Merch Incorporated. Um, I can't, you know, my lawyers have said to me, Brian, do not under any circumstances go into detail as to why you are not going to be doing or participating in a Ron and Brian podcast show. Um, so, uh, Ron, do you have anything you would like to say? I mean, I've, I've heard the, uh, I've heard the rumors too. I've heard that, you know, perhaps you are upset that I, uh, I did not buy the uh, appropriate items off of your move-in register uh, that you did uh, at Bloomingdale's. <clears throat> um, I have heard, you know, um, you could only stare at my my uh, my my naturally dark fifty-two-year-old hair so long uh, before it finally ate away at you. Um, I heard that uh, you know you need to determine some other tattoos to get. Uh, there's lots of things being kicked kicked around out there, but it is just you know consider this like a a season finale, like a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Uh, Actually, I heard this, if you will. I heard that uh, you are going to be redoing your office. That your wife has decided to knock down some of the walls that separate her office from yours, and she's going to make it one large um, lady cave. Um, after seeing the uh, movie Barbie. She now determines that she um, wants to have, um, she will be taking your office over again. You will once again be relegated to the dining room table. That's a rumor I've um, heard. I have heard uh, that your lady is uh, checking out the various uh, closets and linen closets in your new apartment and seeing mm -hmm. which would more appropriately um, hold your recording space uh, for your podcast. Interesting. I heard, Ron, that you are going to be traveling to the Dominican Republic and finally getting your um, BBL procedure done that you've been talking about for years. Um, I have heard um, that uh, your lady is waiting for an additional 30 boxes of dishes to be delivered. Um, and until that time, she won't be able to wash them during the podcast. I heard, Ron, that you were recently let go from your job and your wife um, announced that you'll be spending the rest of the summer digging up a gigantic hole in your backyard, which will be um, filled with water, uh, turned to mud, and she will call that your backyard pool. Sounds like someone doesn't want an invite to the new pool. I desperately want an invite. All right. Well, we will be back. Sunday, September 3rd, mark it mm -hmm. on your calendars. That will be our triumphant return to both the podcast and the Patreon. But make no mistake, we still have After Dark starting in about 23 minutes. Um, so if you are a Patreon subscriber, please make sure you join us for another uh, rousing rendition of uh, Can You Beat Brian? If you are not, just go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Um, click in the upper right-hand corner uh, to become a patron, and you can join us tonight. Otherwise, you've got to wait an entire month until that happens. 
Exactly. But listen, um, we're about to do an after party. After party. We're about to do after dark. It's going to be a, a pajama party. party. After party. that will be the after party. Um, I'm excited. 23 minutes. I have uh, um, I have a couple boxes I'm going to go uh, unpack. Um, and I'll be ready at 930 Eastern time. People, if you have not signed up for our Patreon, Ron, put that link once again, scrolling across the screen. Um, it's our after dark. Join our Patreon. Listen, it's just a couple bucks a month. Oh, also... Um, I do um, want to say um, that nobody will be able to defeat me today. I have no idea what the subject is. I will probably All right. defeat We will see. We will see how it goes. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy this remaining month of Hot Podcaster Summer. Hot Podcaster Summer. <laughs> and we will uh... see you in a month. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.